Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy and Happiest New Year. It's Tuesday, January 5th, 2016, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Mercury has gone retrograde today, and it will be direct again on January 25th. You can look that up online if you're not familiar with it, because it's important information for starseeds. The next Pleiadian lineup will be in May of 2016, and we have a few spots left for the ninth Starseed Crystal Quest to Arkansas, which starts May 15th through the 21st. This is a reunion of a particular soul family, which we call the Crystal Soul Family, and it's identified by having at least one of these six star markings, either natal or progressed, 25, 26, or 27 degrees in Taurus, Scorpio, Aquarius, Leo, Capricorn, and Cancer. This soul group has the rites of passage where crystals are concerned, and when they come together in Arkansas, magical things happen. If you feel the call of the crystals and aren't sure if you have the markings, I'll be glad to take a quick look at your charts and let you know. Just send me your complete birth info with the date, exact time of birth, place of birth, your current location, and send it to crystals, that's plural, crystals, at starseedhotline.com. Tonight we're excited to bring you a new interview with Lavendar where she'll be talking about the Teton meetings of Galactic Councils, which is taking place this week, as well as starseed missions, genetic memory traces, and what it means to truly claim your power. This will be part one of a two-part interview, and the second part will be aired in the coming weeks. Lavendar's work with the Pleiadians has spanned nearly four decades as a contactee and emissary for light information, as well as carrying out countless assignments, not only for the benefit of the planet herself, but also of empowerment for high- and low-profile starseeds, a term that she coined back in the 70s. You can find more of her work in our vault on starseedhotline.com. At the top of the show, it's the Starseed News with Anastasia, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Fiona and Vanya for hosting the switchboard this evening. We have an online starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and special thanks to Tammy, as always, for her dedication to the forum. You can download our show podcasts on iTunes or right from our Blog Talk Radio episode page. Just use the cloud with an arrow icon. We'd appreciate your support of our show, and you can do that by clicking follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notice. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. Remote healing sessions for people and pets are also available with Tammy. If you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And if you want a Stage 2 interpretation of your solar return chart, please 
order it at least two or three months ahead of time to make sure that you get it in time, uh, especially because Lavendar is booked. Uh, I think she's booking March now. So uh, first this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with the Starseed News. Good evening, Anastasia. (laughs) Good evening, Ariel. Good evening, everybody. It's great to be back. And uh, we better get on with our news here. We're going to have a great show tonight. We're going to start with some news about the sun, as we always do. A coronal mass ejection has missed the Earth. It was expected to hit us on January 3rd to 4th, but it didn't. It missed. It sailed wide of our planet. And as a result, NOAA forecasters have downgraded the chance of a geomagnetic storm today to 25%. However, they say a storm is coming anyway because... A broad hole has opened up in the sun's atmosphere, and it is spewing solar wind toward the Earth. It's a coronal hole. Uh, A stream of solar wind is flowing from this coronal hole, and it could reach Earth as early as the 6th tomorrow. According to NOAA forecasters, there's a 60% chance of G1-class geomagnetic storms when this solar wind arrives. They're telling high-latitude sky watchers to be on the alert for auroras the 6th through the 7th. And on January 5th, the Fireball Network reported 65 fireballs, and the meteor with the closest approach to Earth coming our way will be here on January 15th. It's 2015 YC2, that's the name of it, and it will come at a distance of 4.9 LD, or lunar distances. Well, interesting. I thought this would be sort of a provocative way to introduce our new year. Um, We often talk about science on this show, and wow, Every single week it is rocketing forward. So the question is, how far will science go in its pursuit of immortality and transhumanism, which is, briefly put, a mixture of the uh, the biological and the digital. Uh, These series of articles have uh, come to me through Activist Post. I'm summarizing it. We are hearing a lot of incredible claims uh, within the halls of science about artificial intelligence, and the year 2045 is showing up in different mad scientist circles to be the target date for major achievements. Now, we've all heard about the notion of the singularity, but in this case, the singularity refers to the threshold when computing power would match or exceed the human brain and human biological systems. And this was popularized in a book that came out in 2006 called The Singularity is Near, When Humans Transcend Biology. And this was written by a transhumanist named James, uh, excuse me, Ray Kurzweil. Well, in that book, the author theorizes that 2045 is when we could all expect full integration of human and machine that would create immortality. Now, so far, and weirdly enough, science is proceeding in the direction of this book because each day seems to offer a new scientific development that really, really seems more like science fiction than any kind of reality. Now, in the news right now, we have a new brain implant that could enable the paralyzed to walk again. We have robotic prostheses, humanoid robots, artificial human skin, and nanotechnology applications used in medicine and in the military for things like invisibility cloaks. Well, it's been said by some scientists that the age of cyborgs is now upon us. 
here are some of the outrageous developments, which is revealing that science is actually racing itself towards 2045 and taking the rest of us along with it, uh, kicking and screaming in many cases. Well, they are predicting that robots will breed with each other and breed with humans by the year 2045. They predict that humans will fully be outsourced to robots by 2045. What are we going to do? <laughs> anyway, DARPA, you all know what that is. Their top three predictions for the futures, for the future are simply visions about what 2045 is going to look like. And what they're saying is uh, they are going to have uh, robots that integrate with uh biological systems, and so on. Now, an AI, which, of course, you all know means artificial intelligence, an AI company called Humay, or Humai, H-U-M-A-I, is pursuing two avenues to usher in this immortality. And it's cryonics, which you know is the science of deep freezing the brain, to preserve it for transplant into another living body of whatever kind, and the even more radical notion of extracting a still living brain and putting it into a robotic body before the brain can die naturally. But guess what? Guess what, you guys? This is not new. This is already being developed under multi-billion dollar government projects like the U.S. Brain Initiative or the European Human Brain Project. Well, that's not all. They're predicting that DNA will be downloaded from the Internet. They are actually considering integrating human beings <clears throat> into the whole digital network. Now, the digitizing of DNA in order to transform naturally evolving life forms into programmable computer code has been an ongoing mission of the elite. Now, in 2010, the White House gave the all-clear to this type of research in the name of, quote, clean energy, pollution control, and medicine. End quote, which included the ability to manipulate the DNA of organisms to forge new life forms. Wow. Now, you know, we uh -huh. can take a whole program and talk about that. That is a brief overview of what's coming. And as I watch the news on a weekly basis, the acceleration is just, it is dizzying, really. Well, a uh, lot, lot of news about earthquakes tonight, and I'm sorry if it seems to be like a broken record, but, you know, this has been an amazing uh, week for earthquakes across the planet. So here we go. There were 17,500 earthquakes recorded for Nevada in 2015. This comes out of a Reno Gazette journal, and they say, more than 17,500 earthquakes were recorded in 2015 by the University of Nevada, Reno, Reno's uh, Nevada Seismological Laboratory. Now, that includes the 231 recent quakes in South Reno and the magnitude 4.8 in Caliente, Nevada, that shook Las, Veg Las Vegas last year in January. Now, the biggest source of shakes is the so-called Sheldon sequence in far northwest Nevada. And in 2015, there were 4,500 earthquakes recorded in the remote Sheldon Wildlife Refuge. If you're from that area, you're going to know what I'm talking about, which is east of Cedarville, California. And they say other quake-prone areas were Caliente, Carson City, and Virginia City. And there's been a strong 6.4 magnitude earthquake that struck the Indian Ocean south of Australia. Uh, the earthquake was centered about 900 miles southwest of Melbourne. Also, Oklahoma City making the news again with earthquakes 
And there are hundreds more earthquakes that are shaking Oklahoma, or that did shake Oklahoma in 2015, which set another new state record. Now, uh, on Friday, a 4.2 magnitude earthquake centered north of Oklahoma City. It was the latest in a series of quakes that's prompted state regulators to call for more restrictions on oil and gas operators. The state was rocked by 881 earthquakes with a magnitude of three or greater last year, compared to 578 the year before. It's a 50% increase, according to data from the Oklahoma Geological Survey. And in Custer County, Nebraska, wow, an earthquake rattled folks across Custer County yesterday. Witnesses said there was a shaking and a horrible rumble. The quake was a magnitude 3.5, but the USGS says earthquakes are very rare east of the Rocky Mountains. Notwithstanding, there was another one in Nebraska just a few days prior. And in Myanmar, in India, near the Myanmar border, there was a powerful 6.7 earthquake that occurred yesterday. That's northwest eastern India, and uh, that's according to the USGS. And in New Zealand, they have really been having a lot of quaking going on. This is from Sputnik. They say a 5.8 magnitude earthquake struck New Zealand's coast yesterday. Oh, excuse me, on Friday. There was one today, by the way. Uh, that I didn't get a chance to put in tonight's news. i just put you to sleep with all this earthquake stuff, but I'm going to read it to you. And uh, lower, uh, lower North Island, New Zealand, had an earthquake yesterday. Again, one, like I said, one today. But that was a 5.1, so they had one on Friday. They had one yesterday, and they had another one today. And uh, in Colombia, uh, uh, I didn't know about this just until recently, uh, they are under red alert because of a drastic drop in their water levels and because there are forest fires in the Andes Mountains. And uh, they issued a red alert in the aftermath of low water levels in the country's main rivers because forest fires have been burning across the Andes now. They say that uh, the, these two rivers supply hundreds of towns and cities in South America. Isn't that an odd mix? Fires mm. and not enough water. Mm. Vanatau, uh, disaster authorities in Vanatu, I guess that's the proper way to say that, are closely monitoring unprecedented simultaneous increases in activity at three of the country's volcanoes. The Vanatu Geohazards Department has put out level two alerts for both the, for both the northern and southern volcanoes, and local communities and tourists are banned from visiting these craters, naturally, I would imagine. We often talk about the Fuego volcano in Guatemala. Well, that's at it again. There's Strombolian explosions going on with pyroclastic flow happening now as we speak. Increased activity there. You live around Vanderbilt Beach, Florida. Have you heard about the dead fish? Uh, dozens of dead fish are washing up on popular Naples Beach, and mm, people aren't sure why. Now, visitors said they saw at least 100 dead fish, maybe more, and the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission uh, directed inquiries about this uh, incident to the red tide maps on their website, but reportedly those maps currently show no existence of the algae off the Collier coastline. Hmm. And uh, in China, we had a 6.4 uh, earthquake on Saturday. There was no report of damage with that report. And uh, off the California coast, in my old home area of uh, Eureka, an earthquake with a, a magnitude of 4.3 uh, 
uh, struck about 44 miles southwest of Eureka out in the ocean. This occurred on Friday. Afghanistan had a 5.8 magnitude earthquake uh, just on Saturday. Said the ripples of that Afghanistan earthquake were felt across northern India. And uh, New Jersey was hit by an earthquake on Saturday. This is uh, unusual. They have them occasionally. Mild, it was 2.1, but it shook up Ringwood, New Jersey, in the early morning hours. So a lot of that going on. And scientists have discovered two dangerous earthquake faults in the California Bay Area. They have discovered that these faults appear to be linked together. In fact, they said that they have been, or they are, linked together. What what the scientists have discovered is that two of the most dangerous faults in the Bay Area are connected to each other under the water. Now, experts have long debated whether the Hayward Fault and the Rogers Creek Fault connected, but now they say they have direct evidence that the faults are connected, and they say that this would be devastating for an earthquake to rupture at both faults. They say that could trigger a 7.3 magnitude quake. Well, we really had some tough storms out west, and I want to give you an update on the death toll from the storm Goliath. They're naming storms now, which I find to be very odd. But anyway, the storm that hit Texas and New Mexico last week, uh, you know, it tore through Clovis, New Mexico, and Lubbock, Texas. It dumped 22 inches of snow. It had speeds of 100 kilometers an hour. It caused havoc on the dairy farms where it did leave. They say now, according to some reports, over 40,000 dairy cattle were dead, and it closed down most of the dairies in that region. Now, analysts, of course, are saying the price of dairy products is likely to rise because of this on a nationwide level. Well, a lot of times birds are showing up in the wrong areas. I don't report it all the time, but again, I'm going to share this one with you because it occurred in Scotland, and it's a bird that is native to Asia. A little swift bird was reportedly seen in Scotland, and uh, they say that this is only the fourth time ever that this bird has ever been spotted out of its area to the north. Um, Highly unusual. It's way out of its element, and so there you go again. Is there something happening with the magnetic field that the little swift would go from Africa to Scotland? Mm. Wonder. Wow. And in a... Yeah, and in Hawaii, there's a mystery. They're wondering where their humpback whales are. I'm not from Hawaii, and I don't know a lot about that, but, you know, if you're in the Hawaii region, you live in the islands, you probably are well aware that December usually marks the start of humpback whale season. But experts say the animals are not returning this year. Now, while some experts don't seem to be so concerned, other people are wondering, what's up with that? Where are the whales? Mm. And south-central Alaska. Uh, We've talked about common murrays before. That's a little seabird. And uh, they are appearing inland in Alaska and in south-central Alaska, starving and unable to fly. They are so many of them that they are inundating the wildlife rehabilitation centers. Now, they're normally in the North Pacific, but they are on the water. They never go inland. And there they are, stuck, unable to provide for themselves. They uh, get their food from the water. They don't know what to do when they're on land. How did they get there? What's going on? 
And our final article for tonight. You know, in this day and age, a lot of people don't eat meals at regular times because we're very busy. Goodness. And people hardly ever sit down to eat together in a family at a meal. Few people have regular meal times. Well, now there is a study out which indicates that shift work and busy lives that leads people to eating at times when the body is not geared to be expecting food has really unfortunate consequences. The new research is showing that midnight eating dulls the memory. Scientists have found that internal clocks in different regions of the brain start malfunctioning if feeding times are outside of the norm because this does affect not only memory but a person's learning ability. If you eat at strange hours later into the night, well, you should know that this kind of eating pattern has previously been linked with ill health of various kinds, but it is now thought that a specific protein, which is associated with both learning and the circadian clock, is less active when an animal or a human eats at night, and this results in weakened memory formation. If you want to read more about that, the research is published in the journal eLife. So, hmm, there you go. Wow. Probably a good idea. You know, health experts have been advising us for a long time to have our dinners a little earlier in the evening and not to eat too late at night. Well, here's evidence and research that supports that. And by the way, they they uh, uh, found this out by studying mice, as usual. So, anyway. Well, I have a New Year's quote for you guys, and I like it, so I'm going to share it. It says, Year's end is neither an end nor a beginning, but a going on, with all the wisdom and experience uh, that we can accumulate uh, in our lives. So, it's not an end or a beginning, but it's just a going on, with an opportunity to grow, to gain wisdom from the experience that life gives us. And experience comes in all all manner of ways, sometimes happy, sometimes sad, sometimes up, sometimes down. But life is an experience. So while we are sort of geared to thinking about arriving at a destination, such as beginnings and endings and so on, arrival is not as important as the journey. So let's all enjoy it this year and make the most of ourselves because life is a gift and it's so good to be alive in a time when our spiritual gifts and insights are so needed. So that's it for tonight's news. I'm looking forward to the show. It's going to be some really good stuff from Lavendar for all of us tonight. Ah, uh, that is so true. And thanks so much for the Starseed News, Anastasia. Um, You're um, welcome. I'd have to think about that first part with the with the cyborgs because while you were while you were doing that, I'm thinking about Star Trek episodes that show us. The dangerous. It's like, don't these people watch Star Trek? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Well, you know, you're you're oh. just wonderful, Ariel. You're sharp, and that really could ma- merit a good show and a lot of discussion. But yeah, they should watch Star Trek if they want to know what's going to happen. Yeah, I actually have a book that um, that I found someplace that the title is "Everything I Need to Know I Learned from Watching Star Trek." <laughs> <laughs> I got to get that book. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but. Um, yeah, I uh, I think it was a gift yeah. from somebody who knows how much I like it. It's a good so, time. So well, I want to thank All you right. for the uh, for the Star Seed news and um and hope you have a very wonderful week. Thank and you. And I'm going to um I'm going to bring Lavendar on now for just a moment before I start the interview. So thanks, Anastasia. 
So uh, Lavender, let me find you on the switchboard. We have a lot of people calling in tonight. Um, okay. Hey, Lavender, just before I um, I start this interview, which we recorded uh, yesterday, um, I thought you just might like to say Happy New Year and uh, and set it up a little for us. Okay. Well, yes, I'm I'm pretty excited about the the things that are going to be happening in 2016. We're going to find more star seeds are finding one another. You've heard me say before that our galactic GPS locators are beeping and other peoples are beeping and our beep beeps are coming together. And I think there's an acceleration of this happening because of the alignment. The um, stars are in alignment with the um, galactic center to bring information up in, in people's uh, DNA. Uh, the awakening process that started back in 2012 has majorly jumped uh, another 20%. So all these upgrades and all these alignments are coming into a place what we call uh, the you know the the grand alignment of star seeds, knowing who they are, why they came here, and there's there's a knowingness. It's not about um, it's not about so much details as putting labels on yourself, saying okay, who I what. Who was I in this past life? It's about taking a combination of all your lifetimes and bringing them front and center and saying, I'm, I'm standing strong, I'm being who I need to be right now because the past is the past and I am now for the future. And that's what I'd like to say to the starseeds that are listening to this program tonight is although you may be curious about who you've been and what you've done before, it's like there comes a time when that won't matter so much because you're focusing on what you're going to be doing now and using your creative powers and energy to go forward for for the new age of reason, for the new kids that are coming to the planet. But most of all, because we have a lot of ET intervention that's going to start happening in the next couple of years with uh, the walk-ins and with the bloodlines, and and we're not waiting for disclosure. Why? Because disclosure is already here. We've got so many aspects of ET contacts that have been happening for years, but more and more is going to be brought front and center, and the starseeds are not going to feel so alone with their information. They're going to see that they've been holding on to what they've known for a long time, and now most of the the world will probably get a clue to it. When I say most of the world, I'm not saying not most of the world. Most of the people that have been deniers are saying, oh, that's not happening. They're getting up their wake-up call because so many things will start happening in this direction that they can't deny it. So with that, I'd like to say Happy New Year to everyone, and please enjoy our interview. And I'm going to um, start it right now. Thank you so much. Here we go. Well, tonight we are going to be talking to Lavendar in a very rare interview on some topics that you may have heard about before, but we have updates and some things you may not have heard of before, but there's a lot of valuable information. So we want to thank you, Lavendar, for bringing this to us this evening. Well, thank you for um, uh, being there for me all these years, Ariel, and for uh, bringing us into the new year of 2016. So I just want to say that um, I'm very excited about this year for Starseeds, and I have a lot of new information for a lot of people that have been activated into their Starseed codes. 
So at this time, though, I think I'd like to just kind of talk about the Teton meetings. And they're going on right now, and a, and a lot of you uh, have been listening to us for several years know that on January 1 through 7, we have uh, meetings inside the Grand Teton in Wyoming. And this is a, a, a karmic board type meeting that happens, and those in attendance uh, come from the Great White Brotherhood, Guardians of the Devic Kingdoms, uh, Starship Commanders of Intergalactic Federations, Ascended Masters of the Seven Sacred Cities, uh, the Crystal Brotherhood of the Antares Arcturus Midway Station, and six members of the Crystal Roundtable of the Starship Bethlehem, Ascended Masters of all seven rays of initiation, and Council members from Northern Shambhala. These are the uh, beings that come together and have been coming together for these meetings for hundreds of years. And it has to do with the alignment of freedom of the soul and freedom of our country. Our country was founded by, we call Ben and the Boys, I, I, I say, say it lovingly, that Ben and the Boys were directed by higher beings to put together our, our um, constitution, our uh, Declaration of Independence, all the things that have been written for, our, for America have been in alignment with a lot of starseed activation from these karmic board meetings. So, Ariel, um, if you would like, uh, I could go ahead and talk a, a little further about these Absolutely. meetings. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, we have a lot of, uh, of crystal activation that's been happening. Of course, we've been doing our, our starseed crystal quest to uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas now for several years. And, and uh, we also are, are mindful of what happens inside the Earth called the Earth's crystal grid system. And uh, new balancing procedures uh, were explained and new recruits were asked to be available for new instruction concerning the grid system in the Teton meetings in these last few years and in this year that's happening now. And those from if other incarnations that had previously worked on the grid during other major upheavals are asked to once again assist from their soul records of balance. Now, can you visualize this, Ariel? It's like all these people that have incarnated on the planet that have done this grid work before, now their their DNA is activated to where they start remembering that they're in alignment to the crystal grid. It's like a domino effect that starts happening with the astrological timings and the bloodline activations. Is there anything you'd like to, to add to this? Well, the all the councils and members that participate in the Tetons, as they bring, and I know you've mentioned this on the show before, but in case someone hadn't heard that, as they bring star seeds to the meetings, they're they're taken while they're sleeping. Their energy, and you kind of described that much better than than I think I am right now. But uh, basically, you go for uh, 45 minutes. Every 45 minutes, there's another 144,000 starseed souls. And is this crystal grid activation that you're talking about something that is um, amplified when they, they've had this activation? January, first week of January comes around, and 
maybe they go to the Teton meetings without even realizing it and get further instructions, further activations to come and return to this crystal grid work. Does it work like that? Yes, it does. And as, think of, you know, think of being out in space looking at the planet Earth, okay? Just visualize, you know, you're out there and you're looking and it, and it and it's nighttime. And little lights go on at at, at these 33 gym PowerPoints at the places where these 144,000 beings that come every 45 minutes are located, their little lights, there's a system that uh, uh, higher beings have that can monitor the light field of star seeds on the planet. But they match the, the crystal grid. It's like a lot of star seeds are drawn to live on crystal grids and to gem PowerPoints. They don't know why they're drawn there. They don't know why they wake up one day and go, okay, we're moving to Colorado or wherever. It's like there's something that's placed in an automatic system. It's like, you know how the bees are, they, you know, the bee colonies? Well, there's kind of a starseed colony. It's like we all start humming to a, a vibration and to a signal, and we start resonating, and we start ending up at these different places on the planet. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow, I never thought I'd live here. Well, I, here I am. You know, right. it's like, it's like, and, and, and because of this, we've made soul agreements with other beings to meet at these places. So, yes. So, okay, let me go back to what I was saying about the, um, some of the things that are happening inside the, the um, uh, Teton meetings at this time. Um, always we have the uh, sacred flame instructions that are given. Earthquake duty is always assigned, and and people, like, like I was saying, they relocate maybe because their um, assignment to that place is over. And there's always the um, assignments of the transmutation for the downfall and rise of world governments. Of course, we're seeing a lot of that happening in the world right now. So out of body, a lot of beings are asked to go and, and hold the point for certain things that were, are to happen with world leaders. Also, um, it looks like to me that we're coming into some some very critical times of uh, planetary activation concerning weather and because of climate changes and the different things that are happening with our with our planet and so water is going to, water is going to be a main topic for quite some time uh, the the water frequency on the planet. Um, has been kind of messed with <laughs> because of our technologies. So there's balancing procedures all the time that are having to readjust things that are happening with water. And and one of the things that I've discovered um, about water is that salt and water uh, together is called a reset for the physical body. In other words, you know, when you go swim in the ocean and you come out and you feel so good after a good swim in the ocean, or if you're in a salt bath, how good you feel when you have a salt bath, it's because you're resetting your cells. You're throwing your cells into the up spiral. And just this simple knowledge of going, oh, salt and water, how simple is that? But th- that's basically what we're, our cells are made of. The, the basic building blocks mm-hmm. is salt and water. So just think about instead of saying, "Well, I want a healing," say, "I want to reset." <laughs> it's like reset myself uh, into a, a perfect alignment so that my immune system will kick in. 
So, uh, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Um, not necessarily add, but expand on, um, as I said, in case people hadn't heard earlier versions uh, of our episodes on the show, I just wanted to go into a little bit more detail, and I can just reiterate what we've already said on the show so people don't have to go back and search for where did they say that. Um, when people, when starseed souls are participating in the Teton meetings, number one, you have said before that not everyone goes every six months. Some people may go once or twice in a lifetime. Some people, depending on your assignment and how many other people you are affecting, they may go a little bit more often, but you're transported there while you're sleeping. So this happens without any kind of conscious awareness for most people. Some people, like you, are consciously aware of having been there, and you've been there in the physical. But most people, um, would you explain how they manage to get you from your bed to the meeting and back? Okay. Uh, okay, first of all, there's a an energy that will come and and keep your physical body functioning, but you will your they will take your essence out, your imprint essence out, put it in a little container, and take it uh, put it inside the mountain. There is a emerald crystal computer. That's the only way I can describe what this is. It's it's beyond description, really, and place the the souls and they kind of pop out and they're in holographic form so that everybody sees everybody else this is this is the procedure uh whatever is being given in that 45 minutes uh there's different there's different topics and different uh, uh subject matters that are aligned to the people that are wanting to uh be part of this alignment and basically this is something that's actually discussed before the uh, being is born into the body. If they if they will be available for these meetings, or do they want to participate? So there's always there's always the consent uh, about uh, going to these meetings, uh, and then coming back, uh, they'll bring uh, the being back in a really fast um, nanosecond <laughs> type of technology that. Um, that they use, but when you wake up, you will, if you've been, you'll notice two red dots, mostly on your thumbs, and this will let you know that you've been, and, and those dots come just before they bring you back, they give you shots, and these shots would keep you from remembering what just took place, and the reason for that was if you could remember, then you couldn't function, you wouldn't be able to, to do your everyday uh so that's that's basically the procedure, Ariel. Okay. And certainly, I mean, I know that um, a lot of people say, oh, I want to go, I want to remember. But truly, people who say that, because they haven't experienced what you've experienced, and because when you do remember, yeah, you can't function, you can't get to the grocery store, you just can't do anything um, after you've seen that other reality. But... Um, also, you mentioned before on, an, on another show that 45, our 45 minutes is two weeks for them. That's right. So even though you, you might physically only be gone from your body for 45 minutes, you've had two weeks worth of training. That's right. Yeah. At a very, I mean, just 
they download it right into your brain. So you can wake up and not remember a thing, but those files are still in your hard drive, and they can be accessed and activated That's right. by um, certain triggers that have also been programmed. So that, you know, when you see this, you know, this, this blue flower, it's going to remind you of this, and this is going to turn on. Right. Yeah. Our, our symbols, you know, people are are saying, yeah, I'm seeing 1111 on the clock a lot. Well, that's another that's another activation for star seeds. It's a wake up. It's saying you're on time with your life. If if your head jerks to see me go 1111, it's because you know it's like you're on time with your life. You know, for a long time, it's I kept kept saying there's got to be a, a really strong meaning for this 1111 that's happening. And then one day it just came to me. It's very simple. You're awake. You're conscious. You're on it. You're, you're uh, ready to take your next step. It's a, it's about a evolutionary moves. Absolutely, yeah. And and symbols as well, like um, owls. Or and I think it's I think it's really interesting that you know green is the is the hip color, and and now owls. You go into the stores and they're and they've got look at the shelves. They've got turquoise and purple, or the big colors. I mean. Places where you'd never see those colors. The, this clothing, it's just, wow, this is the color this year. But being green, you know, and, and environmentally friendly, that's really hip and trendy now. But the color green and, and purple and turquoise and, and the owls, these are all triggers, symbols. And when people see these, it starts to cause a chain reaction of awakening. Yeah. And, it, and it may take a long time to unfold. But when you are seeing them and you're remembering and you're activating and recognizing, just know that they're on their way. Yeah, like today, um, I, I flipped on the view and there was, and there was Whoopi and she had an owl on the front of her sweater. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Whoopi's one of us anyway, so that's not that's not surprising. But yeah. I just I, I'm just watching. This is kind of a little off the subject, subject, but watching patterns of. They seep into our everyday 3D retail. They're they're getting in, so yeah. that that's that's. I just think that's wonderful. Yep, yep. yep. So, um, on a more I'm on a more general topic uh, subject about the the Teton meetings. In in summary, they have a lot of vested interest in this planet and our success and our uh, prosperity and our development. And do they they have lines that we're not allowed to cross, right? We're not allowed to push the nuclear bomb button. That's right. That's you know, right. we're not allowed to do certain things, even though we think we are. When it comes right down to putting your finger on the button, there's going to be an ET um, overseer or mm-hmm. inspector or somebody that's going to step in. That's so right. So <clears throat> it's kind of comforting, I think, and, and most Starseeds would agree, that there are older, wiser, more evolved, more advanced beings that are watching over and making sure that we don't, you know, destroy the house before mom and dad get home. That's <laughs> yeah. true. 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 Yeah. So, um, are, are you have anything else you want to say more about the Teton meetings? I mean, I know that January and July they happen twice a year. Right. No, I think I think that's about all I really want to say yeah. at this time. Uh, there's other subject matters that I'd like to discuss. Okay. Uh, I think I want to talk a little bit about uh, how I've been tracking 
these memory traces concerning mass consciousness on the planet. Um, it's like history seems to be repeating itself in, in so many different uh, areas, like the holy wars, the crusades. We have things that are happening now in, in people's consciousness that they're they're running on their ancestors' bloodline consciousness and, and not on their reasoning. This is the way I've been kind of following the politics that are happening now and um, seeing how that people will react to fear first and and to old programming from their ancestors second. And then third, the, it's like they seem to be frozen in a time pattern, not being able to go to, to go any further. Do you know what I'm saying about watching this mm-hmm. with the Holy Wars? It's like um, the Crusades was all about the Christians and the Muslim faith. And so now we are drawn into a situation uh, where that's coming up again. So it's like how do you erase it or transmute it or take it to its next level without um, looping it again? How do you stop the loop? This is one of the things that I've been looking at because all of this is being activated with a civil war. It's like, you know, um, in the South for a while, and I know, you know, how uh, uh, people are in Georgia and Mississippi and Alabama about the civil war. And it's like some of that's coming back again, and it's through the bloodlines. Have have you noticed this? Well, there's, yes, yes, and about... Other subjects as well, besides just just wars, which is what we're talking about now, and and um, and like Atlantis and things like that. But there are, I mean, there's so many uh, loops that people get into, and it and then they may not have anything to do with it, but it's been inherited. And it's my understanding that these genetic memories they get t- passed down through the bloodline, and something can trigger that memory, and and you think it's yours, or you think it's part of you. Is this is this where you're going with that? Yeah, yeah, and and it, and it's not you at all. It's your ancestors, you know, rising up, mm-hmm. and, and 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 it's also activated by planetary activations. In other words, say you know there's a, a huge activation and everybody's um, on, on the whole world on a certain time, like say December seventh, when you know we had Pearl Harbor, uh, or some or something like nine eleven. It's like all of that gets imprinted by an astrological timer. So when that astrological timer comes back again, it will activate the bloodlines because it's in resonance to that memory. So that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like not only is it our ancestors rising up, but the activation of where the planets were when it happened is coming back again. To repeat itself, <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. you know, and well, we, <clears throat> we get another chance to do it right. Yeah, actually, that's mm-hmm. it, it. Takes it to another level to where you're going. Okay, here's your choices. Which way are you going to go with it? Are you going to go in the up spiral? Are you going to go in the down spiral? Are you going to keep looping this? It's always a place of choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how does um, the fact that the the current north and south node positions 
over much of December. I, I'm, I think it might have even started in November. It's it's concluded now, I think. But um, having the north and south nodes at galactic degree in Pisces and Virgo, how is that? How would that translate for? this activation of memory traces concerning the masses and holy wars. That's exactly right. It's like, because that's the place that I have been tracking the Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Christianity, all the things that, that have happened through the bloodlines, those seem to be the astrological markings that take me into those records. So the north and south node, the north node is called destiny, and the south node is where you come from. So the de destiny of the mass consciousness is to remember or to be activated into the the crusade period of time uh, or maybe the Civil War or maybe even Atlantis. Maybe all three is happening at once. Oh, boy. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like you know, throw the dice on this one. Um, Let's see, where was I going with that? I forgot where I was well, going. Well, with the, with the north node. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the south node is where you come from, see? So where you come from is, is, is saying, okay, here's my bloodline. The DNA is now activated, and I'm ready to make choices, except we don't know that those are the things that we should be saying. That, oh, yeah, we have choices. Mm -hmm. It's like... Mm -hmm. Uh, taking your power, knowing that you're you're in the driver's seat and not your ancestors, uh, or or not your family, or not the filters that that you know shape your consciousness. It's where you take your power and know who you are, and say, look, this is this is how I want to 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 run this you know railroad. <laughs> mm -hmm. And how many star seeds have chosen to incarnate into bloodlines that needed to be cleaned up like that? Millions, millions and millions all over the planet. And after 2012 is when I really started seeing, you know, the Mayan calendar um, hoopla that happened uh, really wasn't so much about the Mayan calendar for me as it was seeing a timer. It's like when, when the sun uh, became 26 degrees of Sagittarius on this uh, starseed code that was opened up. It's like when it hit the planet. It hit the bloodlines, and and the and the DNA snapped, crackling, popped, <laughs> and it, it was it was like a galactic breakfast. I'm telling you, the next morning, people were waking up, going, "Whoa, what was that?" And and people were saying things like, "Well, I want a divorce. Oh, I'm going to quit my job. I'm moving. Uh, I'm going to have a family now. Uh, I'm retiring." You know, it's like. People just started jumping into another kind of consciousness within a few weeks of, of that activation. And when I have sessions with people, I always like to ask them, you know, what happened to you after 2012? Especially if I see in their charts that something was set up in their astrological timer. Because that seems to be something that's repeating itself in all my sessions is what people are saying. They're saying things like, oh, yeah. The first three months of 2013, I just, you know, people say, I thought I was going to jump out of my skin. I thought I was going schizophrenic. I thought I was losing my mind. Um, uh, dramatic, dramatic things were happening. Uh, just, I mean, it, it's like a reset started happening. And I'm using the word reset because I'm finding that that's exactly what we do when we... 
um, when we heal ourselves or when we uh, go to an acupuncturist or, or go have a session with a healer or whatever, it's about resetting your cells to your immune system, to your higher state of consciousness so that you can start making the wisest decisions that you can make because you're being put in a position now to hold the light, to hold the beam of consciousness because the things that are going to happen in our future has to do with the galactic beings that are coming to the planet and to those that are already here and for those that are coming. You know, when they told me to hold this information for over 25 years, it was mostly the information I held was for people that were born after 1980. And in 1980, on February 16th, there was an eclipse at 26 Aquarius, which opened up a whole new field of information concerning technology. So it was a big reset button. It was a reset of bloodlines, of astrological timing, of groups coming together, whether they were from Atlantis or from the Holy Wars or from from different uh, groups of consciousness that had decided to come back as soulmates uh, to, to be together on the planet or all the above. Mm. So I pass it to you now. Yeah. Well, as you were talking, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tracking what you're saying. And as this massive expansion, all kinds of galactic assistance and timings and things like this, we have to be in the present. And, and if you're still in this loop and you're trying to reenact the, the wars of your ancestors, well, then the parade's just going to pass you by because you were t- trying to come to terms with something that is ancient. You know, it seems to me like it's like, okay, fine, got it, good, move on. And well, don't, yeah, you got you got to get out of that loop because there's so much expansion coming, and if you're not, um, if you're limiting yourself by being entangled in whether it's the past, past lives, um, um, memory traces in DNA, acknowledging it is fine, but don't get hung up there. You've got to keep moving forward. Well, and, and mm-hmm. that's, you know, I, I can remember many, many, many years ago when when I was so curious, you know, I, when, when, when my fiancé died uh, on my wedding day, I, you know, went into a, a, a really bad spin for a period of time. And then when I decided to come out of that spin, my first question was, well, where is he? I want to know what happened to him. Is there life after death? So I started on a a mission to find those things out. And then after that, I went into reincarnation to find out about past lives. I did that and moved on. It's like you go through different steps in your spiritual awakening. But there comes a time when curiosity doesn't serve you. It just doesn't serve you anymore. It's like, oh, who was I? And you know, and and if you go back and start reliving all that, how does that really help you today? It really doesn't. In fact, it can stop you from having a fulfilling life in the present because you are stuck in the past with maybe the judgments of the past. You know, it's like wow, nothing can can stop a, a growth in consciousness like judgment. So it's, it's like, okay, now you're going to tap into your ancestors' judgment and now your judgment, and you're going to double lock and double down on judgment. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um I want to I want to on this activation of memory traces you mentioned February 16th 1980 when the sun was at galactic degree in Aquarius I mean the moon was the eclipse it was the eclipse yeah the moon eclipse at 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 um galactic degree in Aquarius mm-hmm. and that obviously activated or opened the door for Atlantean technology to start returning to the planet yeah and yeah. There was a lot of technology in Atlantis that was extremely uh, advanced and and desirable, uh, but not all the technology in Atlantis uh, turned out the way they wanted it to. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's some technology that we ought not to uh, resume, genetic uh, modifications, for example. Right. So... That's a place where I'm, as I'm listening to what you're saying, where this memory trace and the, and the, just because you can invent it, does that mean you should? You know, just because you can clone this or genetically engineer this, um, doesn't mean you should. So that's where the loop has to stop because we're heading in the same direction of imbalance between science and spirit. That's right. That's, that's exactly right. And, but but we have enough starseed now on the planet that are awake enough to to balance out any kind of misuse of power that starts to happen. That's that's kind of what we're experiencing now all over the world. There's going to be kind of a fervor, of, you know, like a in different places because people are waking up and wanting their freedom, and, and and there's a whole lot of chaos that has to happen before it settles down. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. once it settles down and comes back up, we're going to start seeing more um, advancement with with the people on the planet uh, in other countries and uh, being able to give people uh, proper food and water. You know, just the basics. You know, when you look at a lot of these third world countries, there's people that have to walk several miles a day just to get a bucket of water. Can you imagine having to do that? It's like we had our electricity went out here for a couple of days here, and it's like, <laughs> what a wake-up call. What a wake-up mm-hmm. call that we get so used to our electricity and to having our comforts of life. But what if we had to walk a mile to get a bucket of water? You know, mm-hmm. it's like... We should be very, very thankful for uh, the way that we're given opportunities to use technology properly in this country. But the minute we start stepping across that line, uh, there's going to be beings that will pull us back. I really, uh, I've seen it. I've seen it in action already, and 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 it's going to be really interesting to watch this uh, Republican Democratic um, election uh, because. We're having the mass consciousness remembering holy wars all over again. And we're going to start seeing the choices that people are going to make because of their activations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the difference between now and Atlantis is that the ETs also made a resolution never again. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's when I was saying about there's no no one that can push that nuclear bomb button without having an ET climbing all over him to stop him. Um, so that in at least is different now than it was before, and and I'm really 
feel um, uh, comfort in the fact that that they won't let us go too far again. That's right, and they, and there's and there's monitoring stations. Uh, there's places that they have placed. You know, when we watch these CSI movies and things on TV, and it shows people put bugs in the in the motel rooms and listen to people and stuff like that. Well, guess what? There are devices on the planet where they're monitoring all the time where all the nuclear bombs are. They're monitoring all the time how the crystal grid is vibrating. They're monitoring all the time everything from from toothpaste to alcohol. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like the way their technology is um, vibrating upstairs is with um, keeping track of every kind of consciousness on the planet. And don't a lot of them do, uh, let's say, ground reconnaissance? In, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In disguise? I mean, I was I was standing in line at a store over the holidays and I watched a man come who looked like he hadn't been out of the woods in his whole life. I mean, like he just came straight down off, out of the mountain to go Christmas shopping or something. And And I looked at him and I looked at other people looking at him and, and I could just see... You know their their reactions were um, condescending and um, judgmental, and I thought to myself, "How do you know that this isn't a Pleiadian in disguise right off the ship, just watching to see where you are with your judgment, and walk around the planet and just see where people are? You know that that person that you snarl at because they took your parking space that could be a test at any time. So, so when I got a hold of that one, it it really comes down to walking your talk. You can talk about love and light, but if you're sitting at home bickering with people, it's just talk. Yeah, you know it's funny you should mention that because I think it was the day before yesterday that I was thinking the exact same thing. I thought, wouldn't it be something to write a screenplay and a story? And you have a homeless person with a beard that looks really shabby, but he's really in control of what happens on the earth. <laughs> it's like it's like he's pulling the strings of the Illuminati. He's pulling the strings of everything. It's like, oh my goodness, wouldn't that be an interesting screenplay to write? Yeah. So when yeah. you mentioned that, it, it it made me think of it. Well, yeah, but that is, I mean, it's so true. Um, because the bottom line, like I said, you can you can talk about being a star seed and and you know being here for love and light, but in the next breath, you're you're finding fault with somebody or or bickering or buying into some drama that I mean that's your reality, and you can talk about love and light, and unless you're living it, then it's just talk. Yeah, and and that's true. so. Yeah, and I mean, I was just actually talking about this this morning with somebody. Um, if you haven't, you have to get peace and balance in your own life. Because if you don't have that, nothing else you do is going to really work out very well. That's true. That's true. You know, um, peace and balance. That was my New Year's, <laughs> my New Year's thoughts. Um, yeah, if you can do that first and and treat your human, your fellow humans with kindness and. Uh, 
and forgiveness, then then you're ready for your next course. But if you haven't got that down yet, they're not going to ask you to do anything else. That's right. And pay yeah. it forward. Always always take your energy forward. It's like I always love getting on the, these uh, turnpikes, and and when I uh, pull up, I I look behind me to see who's behind me, and I and I and I pay for that person, and I and I say pass it on, pass it on, and. So then when I come back, sometimes it's still going. People people get it and it it's a it's a act of kindness, but you'd be surprised how, how one act of kindness can activate because I've seen it happen several times on these turnpikes when I travel. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, pay it forward is just a brilliant concept. Yeah. So if a star seed has found their inner peace and they are living in balance and with with um, grace towards others and patience with others who are not quite as advanced as they are, so they've got all that happening, and and then they they're ready to take their power, and then what comes next? Maybe we should define what taking your power is. Yes, uh, taking your power is about first acknowledging that you have power. A lot of people don't acknowledge that they have any power at all, or the word power scares them, or it's a word that triggers... um, Religious programming? Well, it it, it triggers fear, actually. Uh, It will will trigger things that are subconscious. Uh, So getting to know your own power mode, to know where you are in, in your own uh, uh, how you're walking, talking, and wearing your power, how you present yourself to others, how you are receiving. Giving and receiving in balance is so important. I find so many counselors and people working in metaphysical uh, counseling that um, simply don't know how to receive they give, 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 and then, and then when they break down, they're 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 calling me saying, "Okay, how, why did I break down?" And I say, "It's because you you weren't able to receive. You're giving too much, and it's like you can go downhill really quick." So that's one of the things that I've noticed is is acknowledging the giving and receiving of equal measure. The other part is being able to. Um, Keep your energies in an up spiral regardless of what's happening in your family or happening with loved ones around you. Um, Taking your power means being responsible for your decisions, Uh, being responsible for how you uh, interact with another person. Are you going to bring them flowers? Are you bringing them thorns or vice versa? It's all about intent, alignment, and commitment to your own power. Then after you take your power, then know that you're protected. You don't have to bow your head and ask to be protected, go into a down spiral prayer. I think looking down at the ground, uh, it, it, it was an energetic that was was placed so we could never take our power. Once I looked at that, I went, wow, look at that. I know it's, it's supposed to make you look humble and receiving, but you can't receive if you're looking down. You have to look up to receive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always thought that was kind of a 
anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing um, that I had come up with a, a long time ago, because I, I used to have that exact same thing myself where I could give all day long, but if someone tried to give something to me, I was like, oh, no, that's okay. No, you don't have to do that. Oh, you know, and you just... And you don't want to receive the gift because you, um, for whatever reason, you just say, oh, no, 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 you don't have to do that. And then I start thinking about, you know, when I give something to somebody, how much good feeling do I get watching how happy that made them? Right. So when you tell someone, no, 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 I, yeah. you know, I yeah. don't want that, you're denying them that joy that you take so well for yourself. That's exactly right. So, yeah. so that, yeah, when I got a hold of that one, anytime, you know, yeah. someone wants to gift me something yeah. or what, you, you know, even though it's like, it's not necessary, but thank you, I will take it. Yeah. You know, because it, it's, it's, it gives joy to the other person for you to receive. So that, that really, um, transmuted that oh no 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 thank you uh, out of my vocabulary but um, any time that and I'm going to get give it kind of like an analogy maybe for taking your power all of your power because all of us have given power to many things you know you, we give power to people and things and and all kinds of situations and you make decisions based on, um, oh, I better not do that because that person is going to fly off the handle, or this, I better do it like this because I don't want to rock the boat. Those are things that is giving up your power, right? Because you have someone, you have given it to someone else. Mm-hmm. So that, and even if that person is less evolved, you can give them your power and kind of. Um, Tippy toe, or, or you know, around them because oh, um, you know, don't want them to get mad at me. Well, listen, you know, if they're going to get mad, they'll get mad about something else. You have to hold on to your power and don't give it to other situations or people when you're making decisions and choices. And you told me you taught me this a long time, Lavender, and it's been one of the best <laughs> best things ever. Um, you said, don't say yes when you want to say no. And don't say no when you want to say yes, because both ways it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. <laughs> and that is, I mean, right then, because I used to say, I used to say yes all the time. Oh, sure, yeah, I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll meet you. I was like, I don't want to go, but I would go because I thought it would make someone happy or this. So now it's like, don't ever say yes when you want to say no right. or vice versa. That's right. And that's just been some of the best, you know, 3D down to earth advice, and if it's <laughs> if it's for everybody, star seeds or not. In the last several years, you've been kind of coming up with something that you're calling star seed etiquette. Now that's intriguing. What do you mean by that? When you are activated into your star seed codes, when you are aware of your presence of power that you have responsibility to to come from your records to go forward in an evolutionary manner and to start meeting and vibrating with other soul groups that you've made agreements with, then there's a certain protocol that, um, that one needs to adhere to in order to keep the alignment and to make sure that misuse of power or 
any kind of violations won't stop the movement. And that's what I'll be talking about that further in, in part two. One of the things that I find is that sometimes a person will go, oh, my friend's doing that. I want to go do it too. And if your name's not on it, then don't do it because your friend's doing it. Find out what's in alignment with your with your talents, your abilities, uh, what gives you pleasure, what gives you peace of mind. And, and if something comes along and it doesn't have your name on it, then just say, well, let this cup pass my lips. To me, it's that simple. Uh, because after a period of time, you'll look like a patch quilt. I mean, you'll just, you know... You'll be yeah. wa- walking around with everybody else's stuff, and, and you and, and none of it's yours. Right. Well, I wouldn't let my hairdresser work on my teeth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know. So yeah, a lot of a lot of people um, are trying to do something because they know they they have to do something, and they might jump on the first bandwagon that comes by. So at least they feel like they're doing something, but it could be um, an exercise in futility because. If your name's not on it, there's just only so far you can go. Right. Um, because you haven't got the credentials. Yep. You know, your credentials may be in something else, and and that's where you have chosen with your chart, with your frequencies, uh, with the bloodline that you choose. It's for a specific reason. And if, and if that, when you find that reason with your name on it, then it'll come easily. Right. And you'll have that passion, and you can't wait to go start doing that. Um, you know, can I wake up now and go start doing that? It's, uh, I meant like wake up in the morning and go start doing that. So, yes, make sure your name is on it before you put your whole heart and soul into something just so that you do have that successful outcome. Right. Well, these are some wonderful thoughts to ponder and some great information, especially knowing that the advanced beings who are meeting right now as we speak in the Grand Tetons are helping us along our way, even if we're unaware of it and don't remember being there. So, Lavendar, I want to thank you so much for this interview and I know you have another topic that we're going to do a part two with, and um, that's going to be a huge help for every starseed, everybody, because it's going to be about the filters that we use to make decisions, and some of them um, don't serve us very well. So I'm looking forward to part two with this. Well, thank you very much, and um, have a happy new year to everyone listening. Well, thank you, Lavendar, so much. It is always a pleasure to hear what you're tracking and what you're up to in between doing your sessions and readings. So from all of us here at Starseed Hotline, happy, happy new year and make this the best ever. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.